0: mm mm-hmm.
1: From Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee, this is Hope for the Caregiver, the nation's number one show for the family caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you more than 30 years of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. More than 65 million Americans right now are doing this. How do you help those people? How do you help the ones who are helping? You? What does it look like? What's the vocabulary? What do you? How do you know if you've been successful at doing it? That's what this show is all about, and if you want to be on the show, the number to call is 877-655-6755, 877, write this down, 877-655-6755. If you want to follow along on a video, Facebook Live, you can just go to Facebook and then go to Hope for the Caregiver, and we're there as well, and our Twitter feed is also Hope for Caregiver, and that's the number four. Hope for Caregiver. And uh, we're thrilled to have you along. 877-655-6755. Got a fabulous show for you, and I hope you'll join us on it for the entire show, because you don't want to miss a special guest I have at the bottom of the hour. Speaking of special guest, he's no guest, but we love him. We love him dearly. He is the show's producer, the man behind the glass that keeps this thing on the rails you know him as the Baron of the Board, the Sultan of Sound, the Earl of Engineering. He is the man who put the word care into carry on my wayward son. He is John Butler, the Count of Mighty Disco. Carry on my
2: wayward son. Why are you doing this to me, man? You had you'd had me cue it up and said, Hey, let's let's figure this just have it ready. <laughs> I mean, well, we all get a weary head,
1: every now and we do indeed. I absolutely. love that song, by
2: the way. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: uh, who does it like? That I was song?
2: getting ready to have my theme and everything. You had to make me switch, like just right off the bat.
1: <laughs> your theme. I love the fact that you have a theme. I know, right? Is, this is that, fantastic. You know, and if
2: there was ever someone to have a to steal a theme from Merv Griffith. I mean, come on. You know, you know?
1: in your illustrious career, in your illustrious career, infamous. I'm sorry, illustrious <laughs> as a as a spectacular show host. Have you ever had a theme before this one?
2: No, I'm not, not a host.
1: You, you've, been, you've produced a hundred shows yeah, over yeah. your career.
2: A hundred and not like a hundred individual Episodes. broadcasts. I I'm mean, talking. Yeah, I've, I've done lots lot of, of shows. Uh, I, I've, I don't think I've ever had one, and I've been on the air for a couple of them in not necessarily this capacity, but uh, uh, still. Hey, chat back. What's the producer up to? Sort of thing.
1: You, you know, know, nothing like yeah. that. Because you've become endeared. From coast to coast on this show. Uh,
2: internationally.
1: Internationally, yes. Absolutely. You hey, look, I got this is a has I will deviate a little bit, not that we're deviants, but I am gonna deviate. Well and Nielsen came out, you know, the ratings sure, sure. giant of uh, whatever they do. Nielsen, you've all heard of the Nielsen ratings. Well, guess what? This is a quote old school AM FM radio, the most popular media of all. Interesting. Still today in the United States of America, according to Nielsen, and these are the people that you know that rate television programs and all this stuff. Yeah. With two hundred and forty three million monthly listeners, radio bests the competition across the board. Each week they said more Americans tune to AM radio, AM FM radio than any other platform. What's more, according to Nielsen, ninety three percent of US adults eighteen and older listen to radio every week, more than those watching television or using a smartphone, T V connected device, tablet or PC. TV reaches uh eighty-eight percent of Americans and garners two hundred and twenty-nine million viewers, but two hundred and forty-three are listening to radio. Well right on. Now, I'm just, yeah. now, Brad Kelly, he's the managing director of Nielsen Audio. He said technology trends are a bit like fashion trends. They come and go, oftentimes, long forgotten after the craze ends. But there's one notable exception to the technology fashion trend rule in the media world, broadcast radio. AM-FM Radio is the blue blazer of the media universe.
2: Oh, nice.
1: Who would have believed a 100 years after its debut, AM-FM Radio would continue to top the charts as the medium that reaches more consumers each week than any other?
2: Well, thank you, Nikola Tesla. All right.
1: So why am I bringing that up? Because people have asked me, so why are you doing a, a show for caregivers on the radio? Why don't you do a podcast or this or that or whatever? and we do all of those. Yeah,
2: those are still available. You These still, are not mutually exclusive I, things.
1: I push all of this, but it all starts right here on the radio and and one of the things they spend a lot of time talking about is the power of radio versus television where everything that a lot of times people put television on and let it just drone on in the background. Mm-hmm. But with radio, particularly if it's compelling content, you're building a relationship Listener to host, listener to host, call-ins and so forth. There's there's a community that is created. Well, one thing that I uh, uh, I like about like uh, uh,
2: there's a phrase that they use on NPR a lot, uh, and that is the driveway moment.
1: The driveway moment.
2: I love the driveway moment where you're, you're I'm not getting out of the car. I can't, I can't get out I, of the yeah. car. I've had those moments. Yeah.
1: And 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 what we've tried to do with this show is to create that type of environment for the family caregiver. And I have people I know that get into their car and drive around for the entire duration of this show, because that's their time. Sunday drivers. <laughs> Listen to it, Sunday drivers that are listening to this show. This is true. I, and, and I mean that in the, in the highest possible Well, respect. they're listening to it for that reason, because this is their time to be part of a community. It's not just background noise. They're part of a relationship that we have now as fellow caregivers. And that's the point of what we're trying to do here with caregivers, because one of the biggest issues, if not the biggest issues, for caregivers as a, as a group, as a demographic, is isolation. And what this said was, in the study that Nielsen came out with, this is the most powerful medium of all. That's smartphones, podcasts, Twitter, everything to listeners across this country. There you go. And I right thought, on. how cool. Now, we do all the other. I have the Caregiver Podcast. You can go out to caregiverpodcast.com, okay? Okay. You could you could get our podcast and do it uh, that way, and get this show content because I will take this show and put it out that way. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, hope for the caregiver. It's our YouTube channel, and all of the above we have, but it all starts right here with you and I having dialogue and conversation. Open it up to phone calls and so forth to come on the show and just share what's on your heart, and we respond to this. We share things that are meaningful to you. As a caregiver, and that's our commitment to you that's our uh, w- w- that's our privilege to do this. I love doing this I truly love it so I, it was kind of nice to see Nielsen really validate the power of this medium
2: oh well it's uh, not only is it Nielsen validating it it's the the math validates it and you like math it 's all about do. the math
1: hey uh, speaking of which uh, um, on validation, I had a, a wonderful time with a group of people who just I, I've, I've become incredibly endeared to and they've They've just embraced everything we're doing on the show, and I was up at Rhode Island this week, um, and and I, I don't know if they like to have me come up there because of my accent, which I don't hear, I don't hear my accent, but evidently they think I have one. Mm. And so, uh, no, this is uh, the Rhode Island Parent Information Network, okay, and, and they deal particularly with parents of special needs children, and what a great group, and I want them to know how much I appreciated them letting me come up and spend some time with them. And I got an interesting question, and I thought I would take that as my caregiver tip of the day for today. So, you know, we do a a weekly, we do a caregiver tip of the day.
2: You're messing with my theme. I'm messing with yours, man. All right. (laughs) You're messing with my head. Uh,
1: Our caregiver tip of the day is sponsored by AARP of Tennessee, and that's aarp.org slash TN for Tennessee um and they have been with this show from from really the beginning and I'm very grateful for them they have a huge smorgasbord of things to help a family caregiver and this is one uh, this lady asked me she said how do you function how do you try to help yourself function in the relationship with the person you're doing so that you're not always the caregiver but you can be the husband or the spouse or the whatever and 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 basically how how do you be husband versus caregiver all the time yeah and that's a that's a been a real trick and gracie will tell you that there are times when she has to say no you're being a caregiver i need you to be a husband and and i i get that because just making meals and and doing all the tasks we do as caregivers make us somehow think that we're really participating in the relationship we're not and here's an easy way to remember that for me this is how i do it for me see the heart not the chart see the heart not the chart. It's so easy for us to be locked in to seeing all the medical needs and all the just the the variety, the inventory of needs that our loved one has. But we need to see the heart too. And if we can just remind ourselves periodically of those things, it's going to increase the value and the quality of the relationship we have, whether it's our spouse, whether it's a child, whether it's an aging parent. And and you have a special needs child. My brother has a special needs daughter. She's 30 years old. She is um, uh, basically the equivalent of about a 18-month-old. She's completely wheelchair-bound. But guess what? She has a heart. She has a personality. And it's okay to enjoy that personality aside from all the medical needs that she has. And it's not just taking care of this, this uh object. You're taking care of a person, a person who has real heart needs, even if they are dealing with special needs issues, even if they are dealing with dementia or Alzheimer's or whatever. They are struggling in their own way, and they need all the things that you and I need. Love, acceptance, physical touch, kindness, gentleness, engagement. And they need those things as well. And if we deny them those things, all it does is create more angst in the relationship, and it ultimately will harm both of us. And this is a hard lesson. It's a hard place to keep this in mind because the needs of the body sometimes drown out the, the, the cry of the heart. And so it's very important for us to listen with both ears. And that takes a little bit of skill, a little bit of practice. Now, it doesn't mean that, that it's a burden for us to do it. It just means it's a muscle we need to work as caregivers why? Because we're just giving so much, giving so much, and it's all up to us. No, because we become better people in listening to the heart cry of those around us. We do. We really do. It 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 increases our capacity to love. It's like an auger drilling down into our heart that opens up our ability to love better, to love freer, to love more of an engaged way. Uh, and and then in the process, again, you've heard me say this over and over and over in the show. The goal is not to feel better, because we're not going to feel better about a lot of the things we have to do. The goal is to be better, to be better. And part of learning to be better is to love, to, to extend that, not just by making a meal or, or doing the task of caregiving, but by seeing the heart, not the chart. Hey, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the nation's number one show for family caregivers. I'm Peter Rosenberger. We'll be right back.
3: some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you signed up for a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. MediShare is a health care sharing program. Hundreds of thousands of Christians are part of this. It can save you a lot. Typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. You can join MediShare anytime. It's easy to call and look into it. There's no pressure at all. And man, what a difference it can make. share. 855-25-SHARE. That's 855-25-SHARE.
0: Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger, and in 1983, I experienced a horrific car accident, leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, We've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's Hope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing with Hope.
1: You know, it is all right. Thank you for that count of mighty disco. Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver I am, Peter Rosenberger, bringing you three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy as you take care of someone who is not. If you want to be on the show, 877-655-6755. Coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to have uh, the founder and executive director of a wonderful organization. Some of you may know about this already. It's called Stephen Ministers. And wait, till you? I, I just, if you don't know what it is, you're in for a treat. If you do know what it is, you're in for a treat. So you can't lose. You really can't lose. Uh John, yes, you know,
2: <laughs> you right. You know, as <laughs> thank you, Lurch. <laughs> He's actually just a little bit taller than I am, just just by not much, and a
1: whole lot creepier.
2: Oh yeah. <laughs> but,
1: yes. uh, by the way, he was on a um, he was on an episode of Star Trek: The Original Series.
2: Yes, he was. I, 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 uh,
1: you know, sorry y'all, we we go off. John and I just kind of go off. Well,
2: he was. Uh, what, no, no, no. That was somebody. Who was the guy that was. Uh, 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 Luxana Troy's like, no no, no that, was, that was that was somebody else that yeah, was yeah. next generation he yeah. played
1: he played Lurch in the movies yes the Lurch who played in the TV show of the Addams Family was on the original series gotcha okay now see, that we have clear that up now look this is <laughs> the, see look at that I that is that is bon- see here's what this deal is Here, here's the deal about this show if you give me four weeks with trust me with your heartache and your your challenges as a caregiver. If you just trust me with your weariness and your heartache as a caregiver for just a month's worth of shows I promise you you will we will equip you to to be stronger and healthier and even a bit more joyful if not I'll give you your heartache and misery back there from, you go <laughs> no charge absolutely no charge I'll give it back
2: and I'm I'm I'm, I'm assuming that at, on top of all of the things that we provide officially uh, you're going to be a better uh, trivia participant you will
1: win trivia test all over. Oh yeah, all those little things that come up on Facebook. Uh, you know those little trivia things they do that yeah, hook yeah. you into giving your email out. Don't by the way, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I had this conversation with Gracie. She'll probably call in here in a minute when I say this. But she said, "But they asked so nice. <laughs> they asked so nice. This is they true. They really wanted to know." And I'm like, "I'm sure they did, <laughs> but uh, don't give that out." But yes, we have John and I will descend into trivia madness periodically. Hey, um, Mother's Day is coming up. So it is. And as is our custom here at this part of the, the show, we do what I like to call today's senior moment. Today's senior moment. How many of you all have a senior moment? Sometimes it's yourself and sometimes it's taking care of someone you love. But in Mother's Day, we get together and we see as a family or as individuals with our parents sometimes that they are not doing so well. Mom's not doing so well. And the, the tendency is to uh, kind of panic on that. So today's senior moment brought to you by Morning Point Senior Living and Memory Care is, are you ready for this? Don't panic. Don't move quickly. Don't move quickly. I think the tendency is, oh my goodness, we've got to get mom into a home right now. And it's lunch. It's just Mother's Day. <laughs> just enjoy Mother's Day. Maybe make some notes. Unless somebody's in Imminent danger.
2: Don't move quickly. Well, we've talked about this a couple of times. the uh, The Thanksgiving table is not the time to talk about this sort of thing.
1: It is not. It's a dinner. It's not intervention. Okay. And a lot of times, if you move too quickly, and 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 I saw a thing on this the other day where they're calling us helicopter children. Ooh. You know, we've heard the term of helicopter parents. Because that's the ones who go to, you know, all the soccer games and, and they just hover or whatever in school and they, they can't get out of the way and let the student just grow. But we are becoming helicopter children, uh, taking care of our aging parents. And we get in there and just start making all kinds of decisions for them and just rob them of of everything really quick. And I don't think we understand just how traumatic that is for them. They know they're getting old. You know, I don't think anybody ages you know, unaware uh, unless they're they're mentally, in, you know, incapacitated. But that doesn't mean you have to come in there and just start taking the keys and doing this and taking the checkbook and all that kind of stuff. Slow down. You didn't get here overnight. You're not going to get out of it or through it overnight. So the easiest thing for, for all parties is to just take a moment, just, you know, maybe make some notes. Take some inventory time uh, to to say, okay, here's some checklists we need to look at. But if you pull somebody out of their home and if you disrupt the routine of their life, you risk complicating this thing even more. They become very disoriented if they just go to some place. A lot of times I've, I've heard this so many times from so many experts with dementia care patients particularly. If you take them out of their existing home, the dementia will be exacerbated by putting them in a new environment and they will become very, very disoriented. That's why, you know, a lot of folks that will will do this will take pictures of their existing home and try to recreate that as much as possible wherever they end up relocating and moving to. I have another suggestion for that. What's that?
2: Check the check their albums, their record albums, Mus- their music,
1: music, all these things to take help a picture of that help them keep very keep everything kind of in a in a. Was it? Is it homeostasis? Yeah, that, that
2: is that is correct. I was going to say equilibrium is homeostasis, but uh, just yeah, consistency is what that we're you don't for. want
1: to disrupt. And 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 the folks at Morning Point Senior Living and Memory Care Center they they will they will help you with this. They they if you want to go out there and get some information, go out to morningpoint.com, and that's point with an e. Ask questions. You cannot ask too many questions in this situation. You don't have to come up with all the answers. Let's go to people who do this all the time. This may be your first time dealing with this, but it's not theirs. It's not the expert's first time dealing with it. So ask questions. Don't be in a hurry to just overreact. Okay? Please don't do that. So take a moment. Never doubt the power of inactivity. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver. We'll be right back.
3: Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you signed up for a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. MediShare is a health care sharing program. Hundreds of thousands of Christians are part of this. It can save you a lot. Typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. You can join MediShare anytime. It's easy to call and look into it. There's no pressure at all. And man, what a difference it can make. 85525 share that's 85525 share
0: have you ever struggled to trust god when lousy things happen to you i'm gracie rosenberger and in 1983 i experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me. But over time, my questions changed, and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding, along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs, led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, We've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies. And with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing With Hope.
1: Welcome back to the show for caregivers, about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger. This is Hope for the Caregiver, and we're so glad that you're with us, 877-655-6755. John, some years ago when Gracie took a really dark turn physically, it's, gosh, it's been about eight, nine, ten years ago. We really didn't know if she would go, she was going to make it um, and several times. it was It was pretty rough. And... Our pastor came to us and said, I've got a lady that I would very much like to connect with Gracie as part of our Stephen ministry program. And this woman came over to just sit with Gracie, just sit with her, just hang out, just listen to her, just love on her, just care for her. And they have become like super dear friends. And I was so moved by the whole concept of Stephen ministry. And I want, for those who don't know what it is, I'm getting ready to introduce to you the guy that founded. it. I'm gonna let him tell you this because now I think there's thirteen thousand churches have a Stephen ministry program in their in their congregation. Okay. Thirteen thousand churches. That's a yeah. this this man was a pastor, still is, and he realized that you can't do it all by yourself. And he saw this just tremendous gifting of lay people in the church who said, let's train and equip them to minister to one another, not to fix it, just to to be there. And this was born. So I'm going to introduce to you right now, his name is Dr. Kenneth Houck. And you are calling in from Missouri. And welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on.
4: Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure.
1: You know, I, I want you to know how much my family has benefited from your vision that you had way back in 1975 and and you've you've been a tremendous blessing to my family and now we're just meeting for the first time and yet you've had such an impact by this woman who became so um endeared to my wife take us back to when you started this because of the the impact that you've had is is almost immeasurable uh, it's too vast <laughs> i couldn't even begin to to grasp it but it started off as something very small and it always starts, like most things do that have greatness, it starts from this you being aware of a pressing need. So take us back to that for a moment.
4: Yeah, it was, it was the mid-1970s, and I was the pastor of a congregation, and I found out that I couldn't do it all. Um, I, remember, I remember one Holy Week when we had a bunch of services, and we had a bunch of people in the hospital, and I was going back and forth from the hospital to working on sermons, hospital to working on sermons. So one reason why I decided uh, at that time to start training lay people to do one-to-one caring is because I couldn't do it all. Uh, another another reason is that I couldn't provide the quality of care that people really needed. Uh, I was only one person, so we trained a bunch of people to provide quality care. And then the third reason is, is that there are lay people in congregations who do not need to be restricted to ushering, counting the money, or or whatever. And I've done those things myself. They're great things. But there are people in congregations who have uh, skills or gifts and and talents for one-to-one caring. And uh, these are the people who have come forward. And you mentioned 13,000 congregations. Yes, these are people who have come forward in those 13,000 congregations to serve as one-to-one caregivers.
1: You know, that, to me, that's extraordinary. Now, why the name? Because I, I know why, but I want, I want to hear it from you and how you arrived on it. But tell us a little bit why you named it Stephen Ministry.
4: Well, it comes from Acts 6-8, uh, to eight, and uh, Stephen was a, a New Testament person who was commissioned by the apostles to do acts of pastoral care. Uh, at that time, uh, as the church was growing and the apostles were doing all sorts of things, uh, they didn't have the time to... Uh, to do the caring that they really needed to do. So they, uh, the, so they appointed uh, seven people. Uh, uh, Stephen was one of them, and uh, he did great work, not only caring, but witnessing to his faith, which is what Stephen ministers do today. So uh, the name for Stephen ministry comes from Act 6 to 8, and really the first layperson or the first deacon to be very actively involved in ministry.
1: One of the the guiding principles that you have in the training that, that you all provide to congregations literally around the world now, uh, is that you're not there to solve problems. Now that's a hard thing because it's so easy for us to sometimes see things and we say, Oh, you need to do this, you need to do this. You really put the brakes on that. Talk a little bit about that.
4: Uh yeah. Uh well, Back in school, when I was when I was being trained as a clinical psychologist, we, we talked a lot about active listening. And a Stephen minister is not just a passive listener who just sits there and doesn't respond, but an active listener uh, is there, sometimes leans forward in his or her chair. Uh, this is a person who asks good questions, uh, who who says at various times, tell me more, or I'd like to hear more about that. Um, a Stephen minister gets people to tell them their stories which is extremely healing
1: what do you when you when you do this training for folks and you i uh, i was reading or, or li- i was listening to an interview you did about some of the first training you did and, and you looked at the people that showed up these were not people that had seminary backgrounds or anything like that what was the makeup of no. that talk about the makeup of that first group
4: uh, the first group uh, there was a homemaker in there. there was a business executive. There was a seminary professor as a matter of fact, who was in that group uh, his His wife was in there uh an insurance salesman uh, just just a, just a variety of people in in that in that group and uh but but I think the key to this is that they just weren 't uh put into service as caring they they were trained first and uh I got that idea from studying what had gone on in the church and there was a little bit of stuff going on at that time but also in the in the secular environment uh, the national institute of mental health and in various secular areas they, they were training paraprofessional caregivers so I had uh, the church influencing me from one side and my profession as a psychologist influencing me from the other side and these came to came together in a kind of a flashpoint to and to give birth to the Stephen
1: series. You know, one of the things we say to fellow caregivers on this show is that we drink as we pour to make sure that we're not becoming com- depleted. But it seems like as I was doing more and more research and delving deeper into what you are about and what Stephen Minister is all about is that you guys pour as you drink. And and I love that about it because you, you're not... It. I, I remember one time, and, and I don't i got to be careful how I say this, but I remember one time an individual was telling uh, a friend of mine in, in, that, hey, I'm not being fed at this church. I don't feel like I'm being fed. And I, that, that kind of rankled me. It felt like they were just going there. It was like a trough for them, and it's all about them. Whereas by engaging people in this way and, and teaching them an active lay ministry, which I think is that really at the heart of all that we do as believers that you are, you are teaching people it's not just about you getting fed, it's about you ministering, and as you do that, you're able to then receive even greater to to be able to give out. I mean, it, we never deplete the inexhaustible love and ministry of Christ in our life, and you're teaching people how to just flow in that in such a profound way. How does that resonate with you?
4: Yeah, uh, pretty strongly. It was interesting, when uh, Stephen Ministry started 40 years ago, uh, so, uh, uh there were Stephen ministers who were trained, and, and by the way, we train trainers, that's pastors and lay leaders, how to train others to do one-to-one caregiving. So we don't really train caregivers, we train the leaders of caregivers. Uh, but but in, but in terms of uh, 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 getting, uh, let's say, benefit of that themselves, in those early years, and it still happens now, a Stephen minister will come up to me and say, Ken, uh, you know, I'm getting much more out of this than my care receiver is. Is that all right? I always have to say, it is perfectly all right. It, but
1: uh, That's a sign uh, that you're doing it right. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. And so they, they get personal growth through their training. They get personal growth through their service. And then they are supervised back in the congregation, and they get personal growth when they are in their supervision group. Uh, so there is a lot. It, it's, it's interesting. It is not only that stephen ministers are feeding care receivers, but the whole process ends up feeding the stephen ministers and we did not intend it in that way we did not set out to do that, but that was just a wonderful byproduct that the uh, stephen ministers have experienced and still are experiencing
1: our country's dynamics have changed we we're seeing health care needs on an extraordinary basis aging needs and so forth we have the reason this show exists is for the 65 million-plus caregivers and growing number of people just in our country. How are you seeing that level of need impact the work that you guys are doing?
4: Okay, one, one uh, specific is that, well, Stephen ministers will me, minister to people who are grieving, who are mildly depressed, who are homebound, who are divorced and separated, and, and, and so on. But one type of care receiver for Stephen Ministers is somebody who is involved in a caregiving relationship, uh, you know, caring for someone, you know, like yourself, uh, whose, whose spouse, you know, is disabled. But caregivers are oftentimes care receivers uh, to Stephen Ministers, and Stephen Ministers care for caregivers.
1: I, I love that. And that that's, that's exactly what drew me to you all. And, you know, I, I want to... Uh, I want to ex- not only extol the work that you guys are doing but I want to help people connect to it so if a congregation is not taking advantage of this right now what is the easiest way for them to do that right now if 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 a pastor's listening at this moment or a, a church administrator or something said you know what we need to be doing this at our church and it does you don't have to have a big church to do this this is the, you know it doesn't church size is irrelevant when it comes to this what's the best way for them to connect with you
4: Well, I think they can just go on the web and key in Stephen Ministries, and uh, then that'll take them to our website, and then they can find phone numbers. They can call us, and we can send them a a little packet of information about Stephen Ministry. Uh, We put it in a file folder so that when people get it, they don't have to throw it away. They can put it in their file cabinet and uh, and refer to it. So I I would say just just uh, just go and and. Get on the web and key in Stephen Ministry or Stephen Ministries, and that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, and uh, they should look at our website pretty easily.
1: Now, This is not some kind of huge financial commitment from a church or anything. This is very affordable, very doable. It's it's you guys have this down. What what can a church expect uh, just from the process, from the moment you call to the moment where they feel like they are competently engaging in this type of ministry? How long a time frame are we looking at?
4: Well, congregations, you know, sometimes they take a couple of years to make a make a decision. But we've had congregations that have sent uh, that have called us, and we've sent them information, and they have gotten involved the next week. Now that's 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 rare. Usually, it takes uh, several months for for it to go through the process. But once they get that information that it, uh, it explains everything that goes on and what you need to do, uh, we have uh, six. Uh, leaders training courses each year in various parts of the country. So then, a congregation will select some people, usually uh, one or two stir- church staff, who will go and be trained as a leader in a in a seven-day event, and then they go back and select and recruit and train and supervise and make assignments to uh, a bunch of lay people who will do the caring. Who do the caring?
1: Well, in the last, I only got just about a minute or two, but in the last little bit of time. On a personal note, you were the recipient of your own care that you had set in place because you, you've you've had some tragic things in your own life uh, with your wife and so forth. How was that when that came about in your life? What was that like for you to be able to to have put so much into this, and then all of a sudden now it's just it's coming back at you and caring for you through that process, you and your family.
4: Yeah, my well, my wife was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and she lived for three and a half years, and then. And then she died, and uh, during that time, I was her primary caregiver. And I remember right at the beginning, uh, when uh, when she was diagnosed, I had a Stephen minister, and I was able to talk with a Stephen minister about that, and it sure was helpful just to just to get those feelings out and have somebody listen to me.
1: You know, as as a caregiver for three decades, myself now, it's people, I think sometimes people think that well, we've got it all. You know, you you created this program, so therefore you're the expert on it. And I've I've got a radio show, and they forget that we we need this ourselves. So the reason we say these things and do these things is because we're also preaching to ourselves. One of my favorite scriptures is David at Ziklag when he strengthened himself in the Lord. But we need this coming back on us. And I think that that that, that had to have been deeply moving for you to have a Stephen minister come alongside you during that time.
4: Yeah, very very moving, very very moving, and. uh What's what's also really really uh, cool is is that uh, when my when a number of my friends have had uh, situations, I I assign I find Stephen ministers for my friends here in St. Louis, and uh, so it was very gratifying personally to me. Yes, definitely.
1: Well, listen, Doctor Ken Hauck, uh he is the founder and executive director of Stephen Ministries, StephenMinistries.org. org. If you are if you think this is something your church needs to be a part of please go out there right now and get involved. These people are ready to help you start ministering to the people in your church who are overwhelmed and your community who are overwhelmed. I've been the recipient of this in my own family. I love what they do. Dr. Hauk, thank you for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Hey, thank you. All right, listen, this is Hope for the Caregiver. We've got more to come. Don't go away. We are so glad that you're here. If you want to be on the show, the number is 877-655-6755. We'll be right back.
3: Here's some great news. If you missed the deadline to sign up for health insurance or if you signed up for a plan you're not happy with, you still have a choice. MediShare is a health sharing program. Hundreds of thousands of Christians are part of this. It can save you a lot. Typical savings for a family is about 500 bucks a month. You can join MediShare anytime. It's easy to call and look into it. There's no pressure at all. And man, what a difference it can make. 855-25-SHARE. That's 855-25-SHARE.
0: Have you ever struggled to trust God when lousy things happen to you? I'm Gracie Rosenberger and in 1983 I experienced a horrific car accident leading to 80 surgeries and both legs amputated. I questioned why God allowed something so brutal to happen to me, but over time my questions changed and I discovered courage to trust God. That understanding along with an appreciation for quality prosthetic limbs led me to establish Standing with Hope. For more than a dozen years, We've been working with the government of Ghana and West Africa, equipping and training local workers to build and maintain quality prosthetic limbs for their own people. On a regular basis, we purchase and ship equipment and supplies, and with the help of inmates in a Tennessee prison, we also recycle parts from donated limbs. All of this is to point others to Christ, the source of my hope and strength. Please visit StandingWithHope.com to learn more and participate in lifting others up. That's StandingWithHope.com. I'm Gracie, and I am Standing with Hope.
1: Welcome back to the show for caregivers about caregivers, hosted by a caregiver. I am Peter Rosenberger, bringing you three decades of experience to help you stay strong and healthy. Help you dancing in the streets. Who who is that, by the way? I've heard so many people cover that. Song. Oh,
2: I don't know. I uh, I had it in my head earlier when I when I when I queued it up, but I, I just listened to it and thought, oh, that's good. And I I didn't know that one before, but I'll have to take a, I'll have to take a look I'm not
1: going into your head unaccompanied.
2: Well, you shouldn't. It's really just a bad idea. <laughs>
1: Hey, if you want to be on the show, 877-655-6755. I sure did enjoy that with Dr. Halk. I, I love their work at Stephen Minister. And I love the fact that they have this emphasis on caregivers and, and what it looks like to just